Welcome to the voiceover hustle. If you're in the business, you know, voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. In the social media world, when it comes to business, LinkedIn is definitely the 800-pound gorilla. It's where most of us are turning to make contacts, uh, promote our services, uh, promote ourselves, and to get more work. Our guest today is an expert at marketing in LinkedIn without paying for the premium service, and she has made it a big part of her hustle. She's the mother of four kids, 11 years old and younger. She lives in Kansas City in the Kansas she lives in the Kansas City area. She entered the VO industry in 2014 and quickly grew to a six-figure business by the end of 2018. She's the voice of Amazon Pharmacy and Realtor.com and has had the pleasure of working regularly with clients like Google, Microsoft, Whole Foods, Walmart, and Sherwin-Williams. Tracy Lindley, welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle today. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's a real pleasure. So first off, is it possible to make the free version of LinkedIn the main focus of your marketing and be successful at it? Well, I think you probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to say yes. We don't need the premium features as voice actors. I do some searching, but I keep those searches in a place where I can access them again and again so that I don't get dinged for you know going back and getting more searches. Um, I create my own search lists. At this point in my career, I'm not doing a ton of marketing because I hustled so hard back in the beginning. I used to reach out to probably, you know, between five and 20 people every single day while my baby was napping. So I'm telling you, it can be done. I like that. You you'd use uh, your time wisely while the child is napping. That's when you probably run to the computer to get things done. You know, I'd put her down for a nap and off I'd go because I started my voiceover career right after I'd had my fourth baby. You know, there's never a bad time to start a career, in my opinion. I think you can just make it work for you. If you're willing to get out there, hustle, do what you have to do. I think that's great advice. I agree. Can you give me like a quick synopsis of, you know, what is the process that you use or you've developed on LinkedIn? Here is my three-step like cheat sheet right here. So step one, optimize your profile. You don't want to drive people to your profile if it's not the best it can be. So, um, you know, that's step number one. By optimization, there are a number of things involved in that. Not only, you know, standard things that you would think of about a website like SEO, keywords, things like that, but just the look of it, the feel of it, the, um, the personality that comes through in your LinkedIn profile is really important. A lot of mistakes people make um, one of the top ones is basically copying and pasting a resume so that it feels very cold and it feels like, you know, just a, you don't want to write it in third person tense for one thing. You want to write it as if you are talking to somebody, just like you and I are talking now. And, and if you were to say, so what do you do for a living? You know, that's how you want to work. That's how you want to write your profile. Keeping in mind that you're there to solve a problem, keeping it client focused, mm -hmm. not you know, of course, you're talking about yourself, but the thing that I preach the most is just keep things client-focused. How can you solve a problem? How can you meet a need? So that's step number one is optimizing your profile. Step number two is understanding and learning about how to use the search features within LinkedIn so that you can 
target the person that actually needs your services. The number one thing that none of us like is when we get targeted with, um, you know, like a spam email where it's something we don't even need, want, use, whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. You want to go ahead and try to target the person that actually hires voice talent. Um, So that's step number two. And the third step is understanding how to communicate with people that do connect back with you so that they will have a desire to work with you so that they're not automatically turned off by, you know, maybe too much talking about yourself or not enough connecting type language. Um, It needs to be very relational Mm -hmm. and less spammy. So those are my three main steps to how I market on LinkedIn on a free version. So uh, I'm going to expand on what you're saying. So less spammy talk, that makes a lot of sense to me because, yeah, if I'm getting stuff about flying a kite, I don't really care about that. You know, to me, that's spam. All right. But if you send me Mm -hmm. something on golf, hey, that's not spam. I'm interested (laughs) in that. But what kind of language do, do you have to use? Are you talking about like business language or just being more casual in how you speak? I would say it really has to do with the language being more casual. People Mm. like to believe that, you know, everybody on LinkedIn is such a stuffed shirt and, you know, just a suit and tie. But I mean, if you, the more you can understand that everybody you're talking to on LinkedIn is a real living, breathing person, Mm. um, the more personal that you'll be willing to get with them. Um, I think it's important to just kind of be a little more casual. Don't be Mm -hmm. desperate because people can smell that a mile away. Maybe, you know, there's people listening who have not ever booked a voiceover job, and that's okay. It's still all right to start doing LinkedIn marketing. It is important to have, you know, some portfolio to show them or else you're going to, you know, show yourself as not able to do the job or not. If you don't provide samples of your work or, you know, at least at the very least, I tell people, take your your produced demo that you just got and make it into a video and then put it on Mm. your YouTube channel, which, you know, I really think everybody in the voiceover industry needs to have a YouTube and or Vimeo channel Mm -hmm. so that you can house those video samples as your business grows. So take that and put it on your, your, um, you know, your video platform and then share that link with those who are checking out your profile. Makes total sense. Yeah, you need some place that you can aggregate stuff like videos or audio and YouTube, Vimeo, those are perfect places to do that. Could it be that you want to sound more like you're in khakis or jeans than a suit when you're on LinkedIn? I mean, I'm not going to tell you this. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I wear like sweatpants every day. I live in hoodies and t-shirts and slippers. However... When you're on LinkedIn, you do want to strike that balance. You know, you don't want to be suit and tie, but um, yeah, you know, khakis would work. Khakis and a polo. Sure. So, so yeah, I mean, if you're going to describe your your conversation in terms of clothing, I would say that's where you want to live. That's. <laughs> and if you're wearing a hoodie, you're dressed enough compared to me. I can tell you that right now. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. How much time (laughs) do you need to devote to LinkedIn? I mean, is this like a daily thing that you do? You know, I will say that I've been really influenced by habit development lately. Um, I've been, I've 
I've been posting on a, a few things on LinkedIn about Atomic Habits, and I'm kind of obsessed with that book because it's really helped me in a lot of areas where I was struggling. I was feeling stuck. Um, you know, in my personal life, I used to be a nighttime snacker, okay? I'm just going to use this scenario. Mm-hmm. And so forming a habit of brushing my teeth after dinner caused me to stop snacking at night. So forming one little habit mm-hmm. like saying to yourself, okay, f- every day from this time to this time, you know, you could say right after lunch or whatever, but it has to be a specific action at a specific time. You could say, I'm going to market to five people from 1230 to 130, mm-hmm. or not five people. You can you can market to a lot more people in, in an hour. But my point is, Form a habit and develop that habit. And I realized after listening to that audiobook that forming those habits early on, you know, back when I was starting to really grow my business in probably early 2015, I want to say, because I started in 2014, but that whole year was learning, was researching, was getting ready to do voiceover work. I had to get, you know, my demo and my studio and all that stuff. It really took me a full year to do all that research and get set up. So by the time 2015 rolled around, that's when I started to do my marketing. And I didn't realize it then, but I was creating habits that would set me up for success now. And one of those habits is what I just shared. Every time my baby went to sleep, so that was going to be somewhere around one-ish, I would let my three older kids watch TV or, you know, whatever, and I would would work on marketing. So that – I'm going to say if you really want to be serious about marketing on LinkedIn, I would devote, you know, if you want to reach out to maybe five people a day, cool. You'll need – maybe 20 to 30 minutes. If you're going to reach out to the number of people that I did during my baby's nap, give yourself an hour to an hour and a half. What else are you doing? You may be auditioning and that is awesome too. Definitely do that. But if you have, you know, a time block in your day that you can sit and market, you're going to sow seeds that you will reap later. That's what I found out. Uh, to your point, and, and I like this idea that, you know, you had an hour, hour and a half every day that you knew you were going to do this. And I think there's two ways to tackle habitual things. There's either keeping a list that you check off, and there's something so uh, satisfying about checking things off a list. I love that. Or you can schedule, hard schedule things to do. So like, and I like to hard schedule. So if you look at my calendar, I have almost every minute scheduled that I'm doing something. Now, I have to be freeform and move them around as the day goes because you get auditions or last minute things. But do you find in in your day that it's better to hard schedule uh, or to have more of a list that you keep and you want to just, you want to get this done by the end of the day, but whatever order you do it in doesn't matter. I really, I think that was really going to depend on your personality, Steve. Um, I'm a pretty free spirit. Um, Mm -hmm. I have reined that in over the years to where I still allow my creativity to flow. However, I think that in today's business world, you really have to be somewhat to, you know, fairly structured. You Mm -hmm. can't just free form your day. Yeah. 
in my opinion, even as, you know, as I just said, I like to be a free spirit. I like to be spontaneous. If, if, if you've ever taken the Enneagram test, I'm a seven. We're, our title is the entertaining optimist. And that's me. Um, I love to have fun and, you know, just sit and talk to people and build those relationships. Like that is my thing. I also love to connect people. I like to um, help somebody, you know, connect with somebody that I think they'll have a lot in common with. Um, So those are the kinds of things that I enjoy. And I love voiceover because it's so quick moving and, you know, to go back and and um, recant a bit of what I just said is that in this business, you don't know what's going to happen in your day. Like yesterday, I thought I had my day planned and then I got booked for um, a 12 o'clock that I wasn't expecting. So I had to shuffle around something else. Um, But, you know, I think it really takes a balance of both. You definitely want to schedule first the things that really you must do. Make yourself do them early in the day. Like, you know, I get up at 520 and do a workout. If I don't do it at 520, it's not going to happen. So schedule, schedule some time for yourself and whatever it is that you find important. And then in your business world, when it's time to start the clock and sit down in the office or the studio or whatever... Do the important stuff first. Don't piddle around on your email. Don't piddle around on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, by by piddling, I mean scrolling around, clicking around, um, not being intentional, just checking your notifications mm-hmm. and whatever. If you're going to be intentional on social media, like I'm suggesting here on LinkedIn, that's intentional and that's something that needs to be scheduled for probably the earlier part of the day before you get too busy. Yeah, you're strategic about your social media. It's not just I'm going to go check out the latest cat videos. You're 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 there for a purpose. I mean, I like cat videos too. <laughs> Who doesn't? But yeah, but I mean, as far as structuring my content, I I think that's a question I get sometimes. I I just don't like to do it. It doesn't suit my personality. I did try it probably 2 years ago. Um there are some social media scheduling um platforms that you can purchase. But it just wasn't me. It felt too forced. And so um, a lot of times what I'll do is if there's a certain thing that I want to post, but I don't want to post it today, I will email it to myself and I'm on um, G Suite. But you can do this on you know a free Gmail account too. Is um, So I email the link to myself. You can even include the language that you want to use when you post the video. And then um, I snooze it to the day that I want. And maybe that day comes up and I feel like posting something else. So I'll re-snooze it to another day and then it pops up in my email inbox because I don't know about you, Steve, but I am obsessed with keeping my inbox really, really clean. I don't like a bunch of clutter. Are you like that? You keep telling me you're a free spirit, but I keep hearing you. (laughs) You sound obsessive. Okay, here's why. I got married to an Enneagram 1, and they are super type A. So I think my husband has rubbed off on me in a lot of ways. Um, So, you know, be careful who you marry. No, he's been really good for me, and I've been really good for him. We were just talking about our spouses earlier before we uh, started chatting about business stuff. Um, But, yeah, you are super influenced by the people you hang out with. And so— my husband has been very influential in helping me get my feet on the ground and my head out of the clouds because business takes structure. It just does. Mm-hmm. You can be a free spirit all you want, but when it comes to the business side, 
you got to get you got to get stuff done. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There are two sides to every coin. There's the artistic side, and, and then there is the business side, uh, or the science, as I like to call it, the art and the science of things. And you have to do your science. You might not like it, but that's scheduling, and that's making sure you input all of your accounting and yada, yada, yada. It's not the fun, yep. sexy part of voiceover, of standing know. around in your sweatpants and voicing scripts, but, you know, it's it's necessary. Um you and I are both Midwesterners, and I don't know about you, but I'm sure your parents were always like, you know, don't talk about yourself, don't be braggy. That's that's a Midwestern value. So how do you go on to social media, especially LinkedIn, promote yourself without sounding arrogant or braggy? Oh, that's such a good question, Steve. I'm glad you asked. Um, here's what I would say to that. Whatever you're posting, whatever I personally post, I'm just going to go from my perspective. So my personality, I want to encourage and build people up and provide value. So whatever I post, you're never going to hear me vent. You're never going to see um, anything political Uh, because I just feel like those types of things just don't make people feel good. They, They divide people. Um, I'm here to make people feel good and to see what I can give them that's going to help them in their business or their life or whatever. So because of that, I'm very strategic about the types of things I'll post. So, for example, um, I posted just a quick little – I reshared something that somebody had said about negotiation on LinkedIn. Um, I've I've talked about Atomic Habits, and when I did, that became a great thread. People jumped in to discuss things. Mm-hmm. No, so those are those are value adding things. But then when it's time to talk about my work, um, I posted something the other day about um, George Strait because he was he was he's selling his home, and that's a video that I voiced for Realtor.com. So I want to share my work, but I'm going to tell a story about it. So I told the story of how my husband is like the world's biggest country fan, mm-hmm. which you know personally is not my favorite type of music, but because, again, the person you marry influences you, um, it's rubbed off on me. I might be humming a Dirk Bentley song around the house now when I never, ever would before. Um, so anyway, I think when you're when you're sharing things online where you're trying to talk about your work, brag on your clients or um, just talk about what a great experience it was to work with the team. If you're not, maybe a lot of times we can't really name our clients or the person we worked with, so we can't always give those kudos that we'd like to. Um, so you could, or you could just say something about the project itself, what it meant to you. Or one time I posted something about, um, it, I think the company was O-Jets, and I just, I think aviation is cool. My dad was, um, you know, he had his pilot's license and he would fly personal aircraft for fun. That's the kind of thing, I mean, people want to get to know you, and that is one of the most important pieces of advice I can give anybody using LinkedIn mm-hmm. is let people get to know you. Go ahead and tell the personal story. Just make it brief and don't mm-hmm. make it um, too self-deprecating or too too embarrassing or too weird. You have to be discerning, but people want to get to know you, I believe. I believe the world is is a still a curious place. And um, I would say when you share your work online, tell a personal story whenever you can or give props to somebody else. Think about your wording. Think about how it's coming across. And if you're still not sure, go ask a family member. If they think that you sound braggy, they'll tell you the truth. I, I think that's a great idea. And, and 
And again, to your point of sharing bits of yourself, you want to be that neighbor that shares a little bit of yourself, but you don't want to learn their whole life story in five minutes. You know, you don't want to be an overshare, just little tidbits here or there that they go, oh, wow, that's interesting. I shared that in common with them. I too like cat videos, much like Tracy, you know, and I <laughs> right. too like Dirk Bentley, you know. And, you know, there was my, my father passed away this January and I shared a post about that because I felt really compelled to say something about how to work when you're grieving. And that post probably got, I think it's got over 10,000 views. It's probably up to 11,000. I haven't checked it lately. But I say that because that was a super personal post that really wasn't uplifting so much as it was, I relate to you. I see you. It's something authentic. And I I just, when I do those videos, I just do one take. I am not going to sit there and take and do multiple takes because then it doesn't feel authentic. If I have to do more than one take, I just delete it and try again another day or I'm like, well, that topic isn't really resounding in my own heart. So why would it, you know, resonate with someone else? So my point is with, with saying that is that that was a really personal, non-business related thing, except for I took it and related it back to strong feelings of grieving and then trying to work on top of that. And you wouldn't believe the amount of people that poured out their own support, which Mm -hmm. made me feel good. I really actually needed that at the time because that was a tough, that was a tough, dark place for anyone who's lost someone very, very close to them like that. And there were so many people who could relate to that because life has to go on when you own a business. Um, but yet you have to figure out where your boundaries are and and where where you can stop for a minute and just breathe. So I don't know. I, I thought that was a really – I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad that I put that out there because I think that was – it was good therapy for the people reading it or the people watching it and for me. Yeah, I saw your post, and it was very genuine and very touching. Um, I lost my dad in December, and so it meant a lot to me because I could relate to that. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of courage to put something out there about yourself that's personal, especially something that is such a high-touch value as losing a family member. Uh, But you did it very deftly, I thought. Well, thank you, Steve. And I'm sorry for your loss as well. Well, It is really hard. It is. It's very difficult. Yes. Let me ask you this. So you're a very naturally social person. You're very driven. Uh, You know, you're not afraid to put yourself out there. What about a lot of people that are in voiceover that, you know, are not as outgoing as a Tracy Lindley? You know, can they still be effective on LinkedIn? Oh, yeah. You just have to embrace who you are. Take your personality and and see what it can do to, you know, add to the world. Um, I really got turned on by the whole Enneagram thing by listening to, I think it's called Story Brand Podcast. Oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. I think it's Doug. But um, maybe I can email that to you. I don't know if you want to share that with your listeners. But I think it's really important to understand your own personality and what you bring and add to the world. You have to value yourself and value all of the different types of personalities in the world. There is no such thing as one personality being better than another. There's no such thing as an extrovert being better than an introvert. We all complement each other, and the world needs all Mm -hmm. of us, like the colors of a rainbow. So I would say 
figure out who you are and what you add. So maybe your angle is more, I am an intelligent person and I enjoy providing um, knowledge. So that could be your angle where you take, so, so you just take a podcast you've listened to or a book you've read and share about that. Share an article that added to your business and, you know, could add value to someone else. There's all different types of content that people love to consume. And um, I think just adding your own personal spin on it from your personality is what brings it to life. Yeah, if you send that to me, I will definitely put it in a blog that's on the our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com, and I'll make sure I include that. That would be a- absolutely excellent. Um, let me ask you, of all the things in your life that happen, say, before or during, are there other things, maybe careers or experiences, that have prepared you for the life of a voice actor? Um, you know, I think you pick up experiences and, and better ways to live life as you go along. I think that's where we always have to stay curious, and I consider myself a life a lifelong learner. I've always been a curious personality. I've loved to, you know, I learned to read when I was four or five and just never stopped. I love to read, but, you know, now with four kids, I, I need to sleep and do a lot of other things too. So I don't read as much as I listen, but I do enjoy um, podcasts and reading or listening to audiobooks. Um, I check out articles. So always be learning, always be looking for those opportunities. But as far as my past, I didn't have a lot of jobs before I came to the voiceover world. But, you know, I've had a job since I was, I guess I was gainfully employed at the age of 14 working in a Chinese restaurant. I have waited my share of tables. I have done my share of retail jobs. So I've, and, you know, and then the last job that I had before I quit to be a stay-at-home mom was I was a claims adjuster for um, a well-known audio, or audio, auto, <laughs> auto insurance is um, the area that I worked. So I dealt with people that wanted to tell their side of the story of the accident. I dealt with people who were upset because my insured had caused them an injury. And, you know, some of them were, were somewhat major because I handled medical claims as well, not by choice, but because my company wanted me to. And I'll tell you the truth. I did that job for five years, and I really didn't enjoy it. There were very few things I mm-hmm. liked about that job. But I do remember the customer service part of it. The customer service is what I enjoyed the most. Um, and I always got I always got really high marks, you know, in performance. When I do my performance evaluation, everybody would say that my customer service was the best. You know, that was probably the the overarching thing that I did well. Um, I could, I can write an estimate on your car, but the thing I was really good at was, was just, you know, making people feel good and making them happy. So I've taken that and used it in my business because, um, thankfully there are less grumpy people because good things are happening instead of bad things. Um, so customer service is easier, but what I've learned to do, um, is to take my day, you know, what I learned when I was a claims adjuster, I had to block out my day. I had to, you know, do this, take the statements in the morning and then go look at cars in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Some of them were very far away, but I was basically planning out my day and communicating with people in between and getting new claims throughout the day. So it's not that dissimilar from what I'm doing now, which is multiple things every single part of my day. Um, So I took all of that and translated it into my voiceover business where I could. 
Um, But, you know, when I worked tables, same kind of thing. Customer service is always just going to be the forefront of whatever you do. Um, And my dad taught me from a really young age to work hard. It takes sweat. It takes, you know, determination. It takes... I don't have to be the best. That's not my personality. But I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I'm competing only with myself and trying to make sure that my clients' needs are met. So all of those things that I continue to learn are serving me well in my voiceover business. So I would just say look at look at what you've learned. If you have a minute for some self-reflection, Look at each job you've ever had in your life and write down three things that you learned from that job that you can apply to your voiceover business. And I think that's a really good exercise to be grateful for the experiences we've had in the past, whether it was, you know, me working at a gym and learning about fitness and exercise at the age of 16 or, um, you know, waiting tables is a humble uh, a humble job, but it, it taught me a lot about how to relate to the public and how to be polite even when they're not. And just all of that stuff. You can always learn something from an experience you've had previously. You know, my wife is a nurse, and but she says, you know, I waited tables for years and years and years, so I can do anything if I can wait tables and put up with people's bad days and still give good customer service. So I think you make a great point. Uh, Tracy, you've got a couple of websites. Can you share those with us and maybe how to get a hold of you? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, So I have uh, my course that I have developed so that, you know, people can learn more about LinkedIn marketing as a voice actor. That website is thevoedge.com. And that's where you can find my course. And if anybody wants to purchase that, if they're interested in learning more and, you know, go hang out there. But, um, if you want to use the discount code SAVE50, SAVE is in all caps, and then the number 50, that will save you $50 off the total price of the course. And that is an evergreen coupon that you can use anytime. I'd like to give that to your listeners. Great. And then for my own voiceover website, it is just my first and last name, tracylindley.com. Excellent. And, and of course, there's contact information so people can get a hold of you and ask you questions on, on your website. Yeah. And I'm also, you know, I have my LinkedIn um, profile linked at the top if, if you want to go to that. All of my social media handles are Tracy Lindley VO. Um, so I'm on, I'm barely on Twitter, but come follow me on Instagram if you like. And uh, yeah, that's how to get a hold of me. Excellent. Tracy, thank you so much for being on here today. It's been my pleasure, Steve. Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. Check out our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, read the blog, and I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.